0: Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to the new series of Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon
1: Clark And I'm Kerry Kermode. Well, after a very quiet summer here at Manx Radio, we caught up with the Manx National Farmers Union President Ian Parsons to see how the year has been.
0: And I look back at one of the sheepdog trials that was held on the Isle of Man a month or so back and spoke to one of the competitors and a judge who was operating on the day. Well firstly Kerry, welcome back to the new series of Countryside. It's been a few weeks off and quite a bit of, of things have been happening on the farms, mainly worry I'd imagine.
1: Absolutely, the input costs are still skyrocketing and farmers, well they're just carrying on as usual.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the odd thing, you know, when people are in different businesses and uh, they think oh, they've got a shop or something, they go, oh, we're not making much money here, it's not worth it. Sell up and and move on to something else not quite so easy in the farming industry is it
1: that's right they are pretty resilient characters and they will try and get through they'll take the rough with the smooth but it has been uh, quite some year really with everything that's going on in the world and the the input costs especially of fertilizer to make the grass grow and uh, feed livestock but that said um, catching up with ian parsons ever the optimist but uh, a very busy time of year for him right now and i thought i'd see what his point of view was on farming well Ian, um, it's been a busy summer, it was nice to see you at the shows, but how has the year been generally? Um,
2: well I suppose it's been a varied year, we've gone from dry early on, um, early part of the summer was really dry which had a knock-on effect on um, crops and grass growth to now it seems a million miles away when it's very wet and doesn't seem to have stopped raining for a long time.
1: But that said, the countryside does look green and lush, you know this maybe will be shortening in the winter?
2: Yeah, hopefully, and it's amazing. Grass is still growing. It's um, certainly getting a bit wet underfoot and time for cattle to be off grass um, and housed and moved away so that we're into the winter routine. But yeah, grass is still growing and that will give a bit of um, a shorter winter for sheep especially and a bite to eat.
1: And how have the um, uh, production numbers been this year? Sort of cattle and sheep, they were calving in the springtime. Have numbers been good?
2: Yeah, with us at home, it's... that side of it's been pretty good. We just weaned the calves yesterday. Calves have come off good weights. Really pleased with how they've come off. Um lambs probably haven't done quite as well here. Um seems to be the message in quite a lot of places the the dryness and um certainly when it comes to finishing lambs there's a lot less green crop about because the dry spell got the green crop so it was later in. And also, you know, the the huge price of fertilizers had an impact on growing forage crops as well. So, um yeah, it's been a mixed year, very, very mixed.
1: And you say about the input costs and how do farmers handle that? Obviously, you know, the sheep and cattle are on their farms already, uh, what they normally put out and spread on the land. How will they sort of expect to pay for those big bills?
2: Um, I'm really not sure, to be fair. It, it, I think it's the, the biggest challenge at the moment, as well as access to markets. Um, I know myself, this time last year, when fertiliser really started to rocket, we were placing orders for fertiliser and we decided we'd pretty much carry on the same and be a little bit more careful with it but certainly for silage and for cropping we would order the same amount of fertiliser I was hoping it was a blip and that would be maybe not back to where we were three or four years ago but certainly um, prices would be reduced again now whereas they're not if anything they're probably higher than they were this time last year Um, so there's going to be an awful lot of um, thought and consideration have to be on farm businesses as, as whether they do carry on the same I know myself, we've probably, probably cost us about an extra £42,000 this year in fertiliser for the same quantity. Um, and yeah, we've swallowed that for one year, but can't continue doing that. So there is going to have to be a change in practices on farm.
1: And with that said, Ian, selling beef and, and lamb off the farm, has that price creeped up a bit?
2: Um, it was looking quite positive in the springtime. It did sort of creep up. Beef price started to, from about March last year, was sort of tickling away nicely, but it's very much plateaued. Um, and obviously lambs have taken quite a big hit lately. Um, so that, that really is the sort of worry, I think, from the beef and sheep sector because the market price hasn't grown with it. Dairy side has has lifted a little bit, but I'm sure there's, it's still very tight margins on dairy farms has lifted a little bit. And certainly the cereal sector in the UK, probably in relative terms, fertilizers cheaper than it was because they're, they're, the price of grain is risen sort of nicely really nicely but obviously that doesn't help the cereal sector in the Isle of Man because the cost of access in that market is so expensive.
1: Yeah that is the trouble and you do hear an awful lot about saying you know, export beef and lamb but everything is, is risen.
2: Yeah it's it, yeah export costs are expensive input costs are expensive and we you know it's that that market is going to have to, market return is going to have to grow.
1: So with that said, Ian, with your Manx National Farmers Union hat on, how has it been? Because obviously you're the voice for most of the farming community. Are you feeling some frustrations coming your way?
2: I think it's fair to say this last three months, I've never known the sort of frustrations in the industry that's filtering through to the office and to all of us really involved in the NFU. It's it's probably the most challenging time Manx agriculture has seen since the 30s. Yeah.
1: And what is it mostly? Is it the, the rise of input costs?
2: The rise of input costs, um, lack of clarity of direction and access to market, they're, they're the real hitters um, on the industry at the moment. We've seen a three hundred percent rise in fertilizer costs. That's had a massive effect on farm. And also you know the, the difficulty in releasing cash in a business to pay these bills, um, there's you know obviously difficulties of getting stock into the meat plant. Um, we've seen the mill disappear it's back to those um difficulties of farming on an island with sort of single processors um fortunate with the creamery that the you know that the the marked in stock uh, marked in stock marked in their uh, produce really well mm-hmm. um but also you know the dairy farmers have got challenges on rising input costs as well but at least there has been a little bit of a lift in their market price um so, yeah, I'm not really sure at the moment on direction. Obviously, we've got the new agricultural strategy coming up. Um, we'll be consult- well, meeting with the consultants in the next couple of weeks. So that's why it's, it's essential that members feed in their views. We're taking it around the branch meetings. Um, we've had really good feedback so far in the two branch meetings we've had so far at North and Central. Um, so there the views we'll take forward um, feeding into the new agricultural strategy.
1: Because as we've heard on the radio, uh, Tim Johnson did raise the concerns that the farmers weren't getting heard.
2: Yeah, there, there's, there's been difficulty with certain parts of government, especially the climate change team. That's been really challenging. Um, as I said to me, um, the address I gave at the AGM of after my first year of the union is, it's been interesting learning about different parts of our own sector that wasn't, uh, our own industry, different sectors that I wasn't really aware of. But I think the um, the most interesting one is working out how government works, or at times doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just getting our message across there. Um, we, you know, we do have fairly good dialogue with DEFA, and we do have fairly regular meetings. And we, we have sort of agreed that it needs to be more regular, just over this period with the ag strategy, and also um, just the challenges that farms are facing. But um, you know there is big restrictions in the Isle of Man with access to market and also you know we don't even have the the diversification of green energy on farm there's you know lots of farms across have you know either wind wind power as an alternative income or ad plants to feed so this all needs to be part of the new strategy going forward
1: yeah so you're basically saying you know, some of the farms might have to look at diversification to to sort of get through because there doesn't seem to be light at the end of the tunnel at the minute
2: no it, it's just you know farmers want to produce but if you if you, if you haven't got a market there to that you can supply, it makes it very difficult. And as I say, the cost of crossing that water to supply a market takes away any profit, really, that there is in the job. Um, and and also, you know, it, it's essential that we, we manage to retain as much of the product on the Isle of Man because whether we say food security, though it, it disappoints me at times to hear government say food security is the boat, because that was mentioned in the lately when they purchased the Arrow. But I think it's, um, you know, to, to be sort of self-sustainable a little bit on the Isle of Man we, we you know we've got we, we need to be producing our own food. Yeah.
1: So you say um, food security we do hear this a lot but what does that actually mean? Well I think
2: you know obviously as a farming industry we're never going to be able to produce everything the consumer um, needs so it's more about being self-sufficient in those products that we can supply and import substitution. The whole way of shopping has changed, we've we've got into a a situation where everybody thinks everything is available all year round, so we need to look a little bit more sort of seasonal um, produce and supply what we can. But I I do, I don't want to be scaremongering, but I I don't believe going forward that food will always be there to come in on the boat. We really are going into a situation where, you know, the vast parts of Europe now are drying out and they can't, the, the olive the olive um, harvest in Spain has been um, the worst on record due to droughts. Wheat crops in um, Australia have been flooded in some places and other places have been drought and also we've got the likes of the Ukraine situation still going on so the, the availability of food just could be restricted a lot going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. This is it. There's a lot going on globally and obviously the climate it seems to be changing, the season seems to be changing with that but um, also here Ian young people coming into agriculture now, you can see so much unrest with the older generations within farming that doesn't give much encouragement to the young ones no it doesn't but
2: we've got to have a profitable viable industry there for the young ones to enter into so i think that's the key, key thing to start off with um, and then going forward we've got we've got to look in you know as part of the new egg strategy of a way of incentivising and encouraging young farmers and you know, th- there might be schemes that can um, assist in you know, o- older farmers that are probably struggling because labour is a real shortage in the Isle of Man. So you know, there might be schemes of where it will enable a younger member of the industry to sort of maybe get involved in that farming business and alleviate some of the labour heartache on the older generation and maybe buy into that business.
1: And that's it. Succession planning in farming is something that doesn't really get spoken about. It's just passed down the generations. But we're getting to a point now where young people are going to the bright lights.
2: Yeah, it, it's there's a lot easier ways to make a living than there is on far, in farming. Like we all love it, and you know it's a fantastic, you know it's a fantastic, a fantastic environment to work in. But at the end of the day, you've got to be able to bring up a family and feed a family. And the return from agriculture is you know it's a lot lower than what people can earn in the finance sector or even working on building sites
1: and that's it that regular income isn't it as like like you say now um you've put cattle in the buildings to feed them on corn that you've grown not knowing what your end price is going to be for that beef
2: yeah i always think it's a very very unique industry uh, ours where we're, we're totally dictated to our input costs whether it be fertilizer fuel and everything like that and then where lots of other businesses can put a margin on their selling price or what they charge themselves out as an industry we get told what we're going to receive for our beef our lamb our milk our grain and so it's 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 a real challenge to try and make a margin with that bit in the middle
1: there seems to be an awful lot of support locally people are using a lot more social media these days and you see people wanting to support local they're getting behind it do you think the general public are coming on board
2: i i do think there's a good support by the local community over here, but the the challenge is to have the product out there as well, isn't it? You know, it, the supermarkets have got to buy into that as well. Um, if if the product's not got placement on the shelf, the consumer can't buy it, can they? So, it it has got to be joined up all the way through.
1: So, how do you see the future? Ian, obviously, with your Manx National Farmers Union hat on, finally.
2: Uh, very worrying in the next two years. I really do. Um, you know, we're not seeing any reduction in fertilizer prices at all. Fuel's sort of leveled off a little bit, but not massively. And as I say, certainly in the red meat sector, the market price hasn't gone up that significant amount. Um, I, I do believe that food, food has to get more expensive, but I, I don't believe it has to absolutely skyrocket because I don't think the primary producer gets a, great, a, a, that, a big enough margin of what the consumer pays. Yeah. The, you know, there's so many products out there that we see on the shelves and shops where the primary producer is probably only getting about 10 or 15% of what the consumer pays.
1: And with that said, um, Ian, obviously we've got the Christmas Prime Stock Show coming up. There's lots of things still happening in the calendar.
2: Yeah, mad busy. Never, never sort of quietens down. And you know, from the union's point of view, we're really busy as well. Um, seems to be more meetings than ever at the moment. <laughs> so it's just trying to fit that in while feeding cows and bedding <laughs> sheds and just getting the day-to-day work done as well.
1: There we go, that was Ian Parsons from the Manx National Farmers Union talking about the year and farming in general.
0: Yes, and uh, he puts a lot of work in, not just at home, but for the National Farmers Union as well, Ian, doesn't he?
1: More so this year than ever. There's an awful lot of liaising with DEFRA at the moment, trying to get the agricultural strategy formed there, as you can hear. And he is gathering views from the farmer community, and he really is urging all of the farmers to come forward with their views so this document can be compiled and put forward. It's a really, really important time for agriculture. As he says, Um, we've got to uh, stand up and be counted now.
0: Yeah, and uh, there was a couple of farmers I bumped into over the last couple of last week or so, and saying that uh, we'd really like to award ourselves a six or seven percent pay rise as well, but uh, not quite so easy in that role.
1: Absolutely not. And like Ian says, it's the only industry where you get given a price at the end for what you raise, what you produce, and um, you, you can't make much difference with that. And in light of what's going on around the world, um, it is quite worrying times for agriculture. <sighs>
0: You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, a few weeks ago now, I was at Bishop's Court Farm, courtesy of the Crow family, to witness the Manannan sheepdog trials. I spoke to the judge on the day, Norman Christian, but firstly I caught up with one of the regulars from off-island, Frank Sethowate. and I put it to him that uh, he's quite a regular here now. Now oh, you're here on the Isle of Man. or well, not your first time, is it? No, no. Oh. Coming for
3: years, years. Yeah. When it was when the trailing was at Porteshay, down at the rugby club. I used to come there like with years. I've come for years. All right.
0: mm. And what what what's the track near to the Isle of Man? Obviously, uh, just, do, do you go around everywhere to to all of the trials? I used this to do. One I used of...
3: to do a lot when I was a bit younger, but I don't do as much now. I'm not as keen as I used to be, but. Uh, it nice people on the island, man. Right. <laughs> you can come talk to anybody, they'll all go and talk to you. Well, everybody like, yeah, good, yeah. it's good.
0: But, but you, you've obviously uh, been quite experienced in the sheepdog trials and uh, you, you got your own sheep back home? No, I'm, I was a builder. Right. I was a builder for really? about 40 years
3: and I bought a field just maybe 10 years ago and I've got five sheep where I train my dogs and I just play about of you know spare time of the night. I'm retired now.
0: And uh, just a nice hobby. Nice hobby. A really interesting story because most of the ones doing the sheepdog trials have, have come from the that's, farmer that's background. So. Yeah, well, I was. My
3: father was a farmer. Yeah, know, that was a long time ago. But uh, yeah, I just I was building.
0: Yeah. Mm, good. It's good. Uh, and what 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 was the attraction that first thought? Wow, when, did you watch sort of one man and his dog and all the programs? Well,
3: yes, I, they used to be all on with them, but it's marvellous what you can teach a dog. They're just a dumb animal, but they're marvellous what you can teach them. Like even the sniffer dogs on the tele, on the, on the conveyor belts, you know, yeah. the dog dogs. It's fantastic really, it, it, you know, it's fantastic what you can do. And these dogs, these cheap dogs, they're just the same to a point. Their own, on their own ground, you know, they can, they're can. marvellous what you can do to so them. They learn the whistles and the words and, you know, they never hardly miss and They never forget them, you know.
0: And, and you said that you, you sort of started and bought this little field, got the sheep. Do you, you train the, jo- uh, the dogs from, from pups? Yes, I. yes. Yeah. That must be a, a marvellous satisfaction to see them working. Just when they
3: start to work the sheep and they start stopping chewing them, a lot of them will chew the sheep, you see, a little. And when they start stopping doing that, and and they just start to give more room on the sheep themselves, it's marvellous. It's marvellous. You can go on and just it's marvellous what you can teach them. Special bond, is it? Yes, I. I think so. Yeah. Just quiet, keep quiet, and don't don't get cross. If you're getting cross, if something's not going right, you just give them a pat and put them away. Yeah. Come again the next day. It's just. No, it's, it's marvellous. It is marvellous. Yeah. Mm.
0: And is it is it always um, the border collies that you've ran? Yes, I, right. I, I, that's, I. That's all. That's all I've had. Will the same owner and the same dog go round for three months and win every competition? No, no. no, no. it doesn't work
3: like that. No. The shape, the shape are a bit unpredictable, and sometimes like today, there's been some good lads on today, but someone would maybe go wrong at the pen or just a little, slightly, a little hiccup, and then it just goes pear-shaped and. You know, it's right. Yeah. Like Andy, he's a farrier. He's a yeah. farrier, and uh, on the horses, and you know, he does it as well.
0: I don't know how to do it. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> does. Yes, he do. does. But <laughs> it, it, it's just great to come here. It doesn't matter about the conditions either. Do uh, dogs no. just equally as good in the rain?
3: Ah, yes, yeah. no yeah. bothers, no, but they have to run all conditions. You Would know, when such as reaches here, you know, when, you Victoria, here, you know he'll work on the hills. Mm-hmm. and if it's a wet day they still have to work and they don't mind they don't mind the as long as they're working cheap they love it like right. they love it
0: so how many dogs have you got i just have two at
3: the present I, two years ago i had uh, four bitches stolen oh. out of my sheds and uh, i got one back but that's all you know so i've I'd rather shut down a little bit with the dogs just i keep them at home in my carriage under under the house and it it's not ideal but it's where they stay and that's it well yeah. great to talk to you today yeah thank
0: you very much anyway
3: thank you uh,
0: norman christian judging today uh, big task ahead big task mm-hmm. ahead we've had
4: two days of it to the top eight and now going through into a final there's been some very good runs high quality runs like a uh, job to knock any points off them really so, yeah, yeah. Um, and,
0: and the course uh, more or less the same as it would be everywhere well,
4: yesterday's course was in a different field, so they've took the four, top four from that field and the top four from today's field to go into the final, so that gives us an
0: eight, like, so the courses are very good. What, what, um, would it be an advantage in sheepdog and for the dogs and the handlers who have been in this field, or not mu- much different really? I wouldn't think it would make a lot of difference, like no, much fields are
4: much the same, fields a field isn't it, and how it's set out, it's the same for every competitor. So yeah, it's nice to see so many come over from across and uh, make a trial for us because the, the, the local trials have sort of declined in the last few years, so, so it's nice to see a bit of a comeback of it again and there's a few youngsters getting involved. So
0: always nice isn't Yeah
4: it? very nice good to see it.
0: But yeah. when, when you look at the the obviously they start with a certain mark for the outrun the fetches and the pen and stuff I mean where where are most lose the marks in this or where has it impressed you?
4: It can be different in different trials this one everybody has had a good run out on the field with that outrun left fetch and drive thing, <laughs> but there's been a lot of problems at the pen they've been very very hard to pen them so that's where the problem's been this time, but the next trial it could be somewhere different on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah.
0: yeah so, so you, you, uh, well renowned in the in the judging world.
4: We competed for a lot of years, here year and across a lot, like in internationals and what have you. But um, been judging for the last few years, so getting into the swing of it, I suppose, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. suppose
0: in this, y- you mentioned the unpredictability, the sheep the Dog on the day, uh, there's always something different to see. Always something different, I suppose. Yeah, and
4: you, an odd competitor is unlucky enough to get one awkward sheep, which well, well they are <laughs> for them. Being <laughs> <mice>. <laughs> 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 we haven't tackled the lactans
0: yet, but uh, <laughs> that could be a different kettle of fish. Yeah, but I'd imagine even doing the trials yourself and judging it's took you to some, some nice places. Oh, yes, and met some very nice people, made good friends, and what have you like, and, yeah. Used to go
4: to Ireland quite a lot, you know, for the different trials and have you and uh, got to know quite a few of the Irish guys because the Isle of Man has linked in with Ireland for the the national trials. Uh, represent Ireland rather than the Isle of Man, so yeah, it's been good. enjoyed the years of it, really. So. Well, it
0: shows the friends you've made by the amount of people from off Ireland who've come over to compete this weekend.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Richard has had a big hand in that. Like he's got to know quite a few of some competitors across and. Got things organised to come over here and uh, compete. So
0: You need a dog with these hills and fields, though. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let yes, you crack on. The finals are about to start. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks very much, yeah. The judge at the Manannan Sheepdog Trials, Norman Christian, and before that, one of the regulars uh, with his five sheep at home, Frank Sethaway. A wonderful story and a, a great character.
1: He really is a great character and to think that this is just a hobby but enjoys coming to the island so much. And he's very good at this hobby though, isn't
0: he? (laughs) Yes, but the camaraderie that was there and, uh, you know, all watching each other's rounds as well because uh, it's fairly uh, chilly up on these places where they have the sheepdog trials at times, isn't it? And all their support and watching each other and, you know, giving advice because some of them are are trialing new dogs.
1: There really is great competition on the island again now for sheepdog trial, and and it is good to see because it died off quite uh, rapidly there for a while, Um, and many young people getting involved, but the dog is so important for farm life, for agriculture. But not only that, they can make a business out of it. Many farmers can't train a dog themselves, so they will go to these marts and auctions and pick up a nicely trained dog, and there'll be young pups there having the opportunity to run out, and and like Frank says, it it really is uh, very addictive, and you get an awful lot of reward back from the dogs.
0: That is indeed. okay. if you have anything that uh, you'd like featured on Countryside, leave a message for Kiri Kermode or myself here at Manx Radio. And uh, you can always send an email to countryside at manxradio.com. Don't forget the podcast if you want to listen to the programme in full on Manx Radio's website. Uh, Be under the podcast in Countryside. And we'll be back next Tuesday at 6 o'clock with more. So until then, from me, Simon Clark.
1: And me, Kiri Kermode. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.